0: Welcome to the Bogey Boys podcast
1: You're joined here by Kevin and Mark We've got a bit of a special episode We've got a player and caddy today Richard Mansell and his caddy Connor Stanley. How are we boys? All right, George Very
2: good, thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Woody, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for coming. Just
2: got back from Dubai here, eh, Rich. Yeah, I mean, day, day four, day five of isolation now from being back. So, um, my suntan's slowly but surely going. Um, but no, it was good. A bit disappointed to be back, to be fair.
0: I bet you are, nah, yeah. What was you over there? Just a bit of practice? Was it or were you trying to get on the events over there?
2: No, so, um, yeah, just training, really, kind of. A few of the lads uh, other players were going out there just to kind of on the elite exemption being able to travel and just thought can't really get any work done at home with the weather we've got so just get out there and get two really good weeks of work done before kind of my season gets going in the next few weeks so really glad I went to fair so yeah it was good Brilliant and how things for you Connor?
3: Yeah good yeah just did a bit of plumbing in Liverpool today labouring on my mate so <laughs> not <point> quite to buy <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: How did the boss not take you to Dubai
2: you? I can't afford him; he's too expensive these days.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So, like, the idea of these shows, as, as the listeners will know now, it's called the Professional route. Uh, the first one we've done with Player and Caddy, so it'll be great to get some insights off off the both of you. It's trying to give insights to the next generation of golfers about your journeys, where you've been, and obviously, Connor, you've been to my school, like. Kevin, I and Rich, I understand you went to America. So just talk along those journeys and obviously the, how you've come to meet as well. Awesome. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Cool.
1: Well, we take it from the top usually. So how, why, why golf and when golf for you, Rich? Um, I think like everyone, I was
2: a failed footballer. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I played football growing up, like everyone uh and everyone's always had a little knee injury as well haven't they yeah um no (laughs) I just I played football it was my first love um Liverpool fan Michael Owen was my hero I'm not actually from Liverpool but yeah growing up Michael Owen thought I was going to be him when I was older um and was pretty good at football but obviously not good enough and my dad played golf um and I just used to go down the range with him and stuff and um then I went on a couple of his society days and just kind of came quite naturally to me um and then but still till I was about 12 13 um football was more serious and then um genuinely was just not an injury but just just getting silly little injuries all the time and probably wasn't good enough and like everyone if you want to do something serious you've kind of got to get to a point and make that decision if you want to if you want to take something serious you've probably got to focus on that and uh started playing for the county and then that was it really, just kind of kicked on from there. So
0: did you play at a decent level of football? Did you? Did you did you were
2: you signed at an actual club or just No, no, I was just kind of flirting about. I had a couple of trials, stuff like that. But no, I was no, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm one of them. I like I like I probably like to think I used to be better than I actually was. But um <laughs> that's like, I'll, I'll, that's like me and me golf that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, but I, I, I just loved it. Like growing up, it was my first thing. And um, I think the fact that I kind of played in a team where I was with my mates and so on maybe didn't help my football career as such. But I I just loved doing that. And I had a couple of mates who played for us and went and played at better teams and then kind of had trials or left, right and centre because they had scouts going to watch them. So, um, but no, I didn't play anywhere properly, so...
0: Brilliant. And what about you, Con? Golf or caddy. Golf to start with,
3: mate. Yeah, that was uh, a Kind good of team. similar story, probably, but just rugby league instead of football. Yeah, same thing. Probably started playing golf at like 13. Dad took me to, you heard of Beacon Park?
0: Yeah, yeah, no Beacon Park. It's yeah. like
3: run down now, is it, completely. Yeah, and yeah. stuff. He, he took me there, played there once, and then just took off and started playing with a few mates at the driving range, and then, Dad got me a membership at the uh, local golf course Ashton and Makerfield and then just started taking it serious from there. Try and play as much as you can, don't you, when you're a kid? Like
0: Yeah, that's it. It's a, just it's it's fun to start with, isn't it? Then you start. Yeah,
3: exactly. It gets worse the uh the lower handicap goes to fair. <laughs> Like I can't imagine being in Rich's shoes, how annoying it must be at <laughs> time. But
0: well, that's it. Talking about being in your shoes then, Rich, obviously you get to a. Uh, you say you started playing county level. So when did when did golf start getting serious for you then?
2: Uh, well, I think I was probably 12 and I was playing, well, no, it didn't get serious, but I was twelve years old. And um I think I was off twenty one, something like that. Um I was I was probably better than that, but I just because I still played football, I didn't really play in many comp. And I don't know why, but my dad just entered me into the Staffordshire Boys, the County Boys Championships. Um and basically there was a gross and a net. Uh, it was at Samwell Park Golf Club and I remember I was off 21 36 holes and I won the net by millions I can't I I think I shot about 8 over gross the second round and and it was pissing down it was, I, and then <laughs> literally still to this day, my, my, every time it's raining, it's all my dad goes, Oh, you love playing in the rain? Remember when you were in the county boys when you were 12? I'm <laughs> like, Dad, I was off, I was off 21, I shot eight over, try going to shoot five under around a bloody tour event course in the pit. Anyway, so um, anyway, won that. And I think I got cut to 14, 15, something like that after, after the 36 holes. And basically, the county um, coach, the county selector was an. A, a guy called Les Burleson who I ended up going to see for lessons and um they they picked me after that to play in the um Staffordshire under 14s team against Derbyshire so that was at Ashbourne Golf Club and I remember going there I got all my county uniform that was absolutely massive on me I had my tight pencil bag on my back clothes were absolutely drowning me and I remember going there and the three other lads on the team one was off no these are all under fourteens. one was off three one was off four and the other was off six or seven i think and then there was me off 15 just being cut from 21 <laughs> i was absolutely shitting myself because county golf is off obviously off scratch and stuff yeah. and i remember getting there and the other four lads were for, for derbyshire were off like similar handicaps to our guy, all single figures are under 14 so i'm there off 15 Um, anyway first match was foursomes remember playing it with Joe Dean and we ended up winning I think four and three then my singles game I remember playing a lad called off seven who was twice the size of me I mean he'd started puberty I have I hadn't (laughs) 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 like kind of hit it miles past me he was off seven I was off 15 and I did him seven and six off scratch wow and um yeah and then I just kind of got down and, and then I, I think i got to about i think i got to three or four handicap at 14 so I, I came down rapidly to um in a couple of years when i kind of started to play for the county and so on um and then when I, I remember when i was 14 14 or 15 i think it was in between those years i had like i just stalled like that when i got to three i think and um and just started hating it i remember obviously going to school and I just missed, obviously, on the Monday morning, all of my mates were coming back and just played Sunday league and talking about the game and stuff like that. And I was kind of not really enjoying my golf. And in that period for about three or four months, and I actually quit for about five or six months. All right. um, and it broke my dad's heart, everything. And I went back to football just to play my mates. And I think I needed to do that to realise actually how much I did love the game and so on. And I uh, went back to golf. And had a couple of lessons again. And um, then in the actual, the club comp off three, um, I shot the course record. I shot 63 when I was 15 around my home club. And um, in three weeks, went from three to scratch and um, then just kicked on again. And it was just weird how I had, I just literally plateaued, went away from the game and uh, kind of then reinvented my love for it and came back to it and um, then kicked on really. So yeah.
1: What's the time timescale learning from being a 21 handicapper to shooting 63? It doesn't seem that long.
2: Three years.
1: Jesus. <laughs> was you getting any funny looks in the county when you were turning up off seven and whopping people off three
2: or what? <laughs> no, well, no, that, I was off 50. Well, it was just, it was my first game and I had, like I say, I probably was better than a yeah. 15. I was a bandit, but my, that was my handicap. And like I say, I mean, a few weeks before that, I was off 21 because... Yeah. I'd I'd never really. I just played. I didn't take it serious because I was still playing football, and then, like I said, I then quit and so on. So, I mean, that was my handicap. But I remember, like I said, I used to go to my dad's society and stuff like that and just clean up because I I was off. I obviously wasn't off twenty or whatever. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, like I say, that was that was kind of how I started, and then took it serious. And then the thing that I'm quite proud of ever since I've kind of started playing is I've always. Every year, I've kind of apart from them few months, I I feel like I've got better. I've never really stalled, and there was guys when I was younger who were lower than me, were better than me, and it used to really annoy me. And um, that's kind of always been my driving force. Of when I was a kid, I was always trying to get onto the England squad, and it was always what I was trying to focus on instead of actually because I was I was I was good enough to play, um, but I let my head and my thoughts get in my way of actually me doing that. So I think like you say, when I made the decision to go out to America, um, like I said, I was always kind of flirting about getting on the England boys squad and stuff and never properly did. And went out to America and that just changed my whole mindset of everything. Um and it was the best decision I ever made. So did you go over and do the college
0: route over there? Did the four year college route when you went to Yeah.
2: Yeah. So went out at 18, did my degree as well, um four years Uh, first year in South Carolina then transferred to Nova in Florida and um yeah just absolutely loved it and got better weather was amazing facilities were amazing just got better every year and kind of topped it off in my last year of college nicely and then um back in 17 2017 and then um i've had well i've had three years as a pro so
0: so how, how did you use two meet then obviously you're you caddying for for richard now so how did how did that relationship start how did that come come about
3: well, basically, Chris Hansen had asked uh, the guys at my school whether like anyone would be interested in caddying for a few months. Uh, I was in my last year of doing my degree, uh, and I just put my name down and said like Yeah, I'll, I'll have a go." Next thing led one thing led to another, and Chris didn't choose me; he chose another lad who was a uh, like lived closer to him. He'd already finished his degree, or yeah. uh, for, like he chose um, Jacob. He's called this this lad. He went out and caddied for him for a few months on Challenge Tour. Uh, I thought nothing of it, carried on doing my degree, and my dissertation. And then a couple months later, got like a, an email through off Rich. But like, no joke, the, the reason I thought this email was in my inbox was because I betted on him in an 1836
1: event
3: at Fornby I put a tenner in to win and <laughs> I got the email through and I was like, oh, classic Skybet trying to get me to bet on this, like clown again. I'm not betting on him again. <laughs> 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 Lo and behold, I opened the email and it was actually like, to Connor, uh, blah, blah, interest seeing if you're interested in caddying for me, if you want to WhatsApp me, blah, 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 and we'll arrange something. I'm like, all right. And then WhatsApp Rich straight away made like a caddying CV because I I did the Palmer Cup, which rich also played in but i played i did it a year before caddy yeah so i was like oh make sure i put that in there because that was some sort of like maybe like attachment that i had with it and rich did so that so was his mind. selling point yeah, 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 like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay
1: carry me mum shopping once
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then that's it
2: really when i met him and then we're in I like
0: Amazing. yeah
2: so basically i was in um i was in turkey and uh i just i just done my first year on europro and um I had a really good year to be honest for a first year but i didn't win and obviously on euro pro you really not always you've got to go some but you've probably got to win to kind of get off and it's top five to get off and i think um I had two seconds my first year and didn't win because I put it down to probably a experience and but b actually probably not i'm in a caddy and those two seconds, if I had one, I think I probably would have at least got one of them over the line mm. um, and I spoke to a couple of people my parents as well, who were backing me a little bit, and I just said, my second year, um, what i can't obviously can't control my golfing ability all of that right now, or whatever, but what I can control is acting as if I'm already top ten player in the world already on the European tour or so on. And I said, if I, you have to have one when you get on the European tour. That's my goal very soon. Why don't I get used to having a caddy now? Um, so then when I have to have one, it's not as alien to me, if you know what I mean. And I wanted to basically really be a professional because I saw myself as a pre- professional. I saw how a lot of guys were on Europro who I thought that probably lets them down a little bit. And they're there. They're kind of having a jolly with the mates. And it's it is good crack. I'm not going to lie in that sense, but... I wanted to get on and get off and kind of kick on as quick as I knew I could. Um, so I spoke to Chris because uh, my first event of the next year, of that year, uh, was a challenge tour event, uh, an invite in Turkey. And I knew Chris a little bit anyway. From, we were with the same management group. And then he just signed with Wilson, who I'm with as well. So I was with him a bit that week and I said, I think I'm going to get a caddy on Pro." do you know any guys? Cause I, I didn't know anyone. Like I'd only, only just turned pro. I'm a young lad and so on. And he said, actually, um, I, he spoke to a lot of people at Myersco, which is where he went. Cause he wanted to get a younger lad out. Now he was back on challenge tour yeah. um, kind of to keep his expenses down a little bit because and basically get them to learn with him and so on. And um, he gave me about four or five names, the ones that he didn't go for and con- and I sent them all the same email and um I, I think two of them didn't even get back to me one of them did and then but connor was the first to get back to me and i was just like i was impressed with his reply and met up and um regretted it ever since <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but no that that's basically how it worked so chris that's... always every time we do well chris i get he, he sends me an invoice in the post <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Hey, Rich. Yeah. You know, what you were saying when you were on Europa, and you could have got yourself over the line. Is there any specific moment you actually think back to and think, you know what, a caddy? That that's where I needed the caddy.
2: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I remember yeah. Witchwood Park, um, my first year, and I had a, I think I had a three-shot lead with eight to play, and it was my first second-place finish. And um, yeah, three-shot lead with eight, but I was flying on the front. Line. I think I was five under front nine. 10, I ended up making about an eight-foot of a par to keep my three-shot lead, Par 11, and then 12, is is par five. And the greens weren't very good that week. Yes, but I had. I literally hadn't missed a putt yet this round. And I've got about three and a half foot for birdie to go six under, and I think a four-shot lead with now seven, six to play. So it would be six to play, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I miss it. I actually hit a good putt, but I missed it. Bad greens. And it just completely got in my head that I thought, oh no. And the next hole, I reckon if I had a caddy at that moment, he would have got on top of me and said, Look, like you've missed it, you've still got a whatever lead. Like, let's just carry on doing what you're doing. You're doing the right stuff. You give yourself a chance of making birdie. Um, and the next shot, my T shot, I had a little bit of a tough stretch then, like the next three holes were quite tough. And the next half, I've hit iron off the tee for safety, pushed it in the flipping like ditch, had to make a drop, made double anyway. Oh um, the next hole actually ripped it down the middle, uh, but it's kicked right. He saw, I didn't know, I couldn't believe it was, but it was basically kicked right into the face of this bunker. And I don't know how it went in there um, on TV after I saw that that's what happened. And it, again, I let that get to me. Whereas a caddy would probably say it's out of your control, you at the perfect T-shirt, what you were trying to do.
0: Yeah, someone. So I me.
2: let I let the result kind of, and then I made bogey there, and all of a sudden, I've got a three shot lead with. I've gone from having a three and a half foot to have a four shot lead with six to play to being, I think then the the guy who won Dave Koopland played like them a couple of holes well, and then all of a sudden I was one back, and I'm like with four to play, and I'm like, what has gone on here?
0: Yeah,
2: Um and I actually birded the last and he was in the group behind me and he birded the last on top of me to win by one so but yeah I think probably that that back nine if I had a caddy that's where it kind of stood out to me so yeah
1: it's amazing that you can actually go back and recall that and then you've manned up to your mistakes and and, and actually went and got a caddy and, and now we know where you are now yeah. do you know what I mean it's Boston. but that,
2: that that was what yeah that was just what that's the mindset I've always had is that I see, I try and learn off people, like people who are better than me, people who are above me, people who are playing at the level I want to be at. I'm lucky enough to know some and have played with some and especially out in the States, played with a lot of good players. And um, I'm not afraid to kind of learn something off everyone. For example, like even playing golf with my dad, I can who's off 28, I can learn off him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if he, he plays shit every time he plays, but he loves it. 10%. Whereas, yeah, whereas if I play, if I'm, a couple over before it's like it's the end of the world. Like, do you know what I mean? It's actually like yeah. when you put things into perspe- perspective. It's, yeah, think, um,
0: it's your job, yeah,
2: yeah. It's actually like we're quite lucky to do what we do, and especially like you say, look at what's going on at the moment. Like, for example, everyone's in lockdown, and I was able because of work, I was able to go out to Dubai and do some training. And yeah, yeah to some people, it's going to annoy them, but I'm lucky that I could get to do that. So I try and really focus on that side of it and how lucky we are and um, yeah, like I say, I mean, I'm grateful now. I we always give each other shit, but I am grateful that I've got con with me and we've um we've grown really well and quickly together. And uh you look at Tommy and Finno, like yeah, I mean, I'd love to have a partnership like that on the biggest stage and there's no reason why we can't. So
0: no, definitely not. Definitely not. Just touch, yeah. t- touch them back a bit. There, you, you spoke about your time in the state of the players that you played with. What was that like um, as a whole experience? I see you won the national champs, didn't you? Um, and you yeah. played in the Arnold Palmer Cup. So, what's that whole experience? Just as a bit of insight for the listeners, your young amateurs you would probably consider them to do that. What would you say to them?
2: Yeah, I think in this country we're we're at a bit of a disadvantage. I think unless you are one of them superstars when you're a kid who you get on the England set up or so on you're not going to get looked after like you're not going to get flown over the world to play tournaments and training camps in South Africa to go and in, in the winter like you are actually you're on your own and it's it's not easy and then like you say just imagine if you're on one of those teams um, and then you go into the events where you're playing against and you're all together and you're in your England gear and it's you've got so much confidence because you just think that you're better than all the others because you're there yeah so it's like if you're not on that and i used to take it to heart and i used to kind of like be scared when i get to tournaments and stuff it was ridiculous yeah. whereas when i went to the states i knew I, i've always known how hard i work and it was like i've got facilities i've got no excuse i've got four years here i don't want to look back in four years time i think i could have worked harder i could have i made mistakes and so on and um that was my biggest thing I just wanted to basically put the work in and focus that I was getting better every year um and yeah it was just like you say you're in a team environment you've got we had 10 guys 10 or 11 guys on our team and you're out there with everyone you're all trying to do the same thing when you're older so you're kind of pushing each other you go come on let's go around the short game green and have a game of 21 or you know I mean you're just pushing each other all the time so it's competitive practice and then even like being on a team, and if you're lucky enough to get a scholarship, you've kind of got where well, you've got your manage, well, your um, your golf coach, but it's kind of they're kind of like a team manager out there. So you've got everything scheduled for you. It's just like your whole life is that you're told what to do yeah. and to kind of succeed. So at this time, you need to be in the gym three times a week. If you're not there, you learn to get punished. Yeah, you know I mean, you learn that you get punished if you're late, and just teaches you to grow up and actually what it takes to kind of be successful and there's guys who will go out there who are good enough who don't put the work in because yes there is distractions like Sammy I and mean, I lived in Fort Lauderdale 20 minutes outside of Miami for three years <laughs> like yeah there's plenty of, I can promise you there's plenty of distractions but and you need to go and enjoy that side of it as well and that was a big part for me I really loved where I was like you say your life isn't just golf and I loved the life side of it as well but also I loved where I was I loved my university and I loved my the coaches that I had there and I still speak to them now and I'm fortunate if I wanted to go back uh, they'd welcome me with open arms and go and have training out there or whatever and um, I just think if you embrace it and kind of do your research and do it properly you can't not get better out there yeah. and that's all we're all trying to do is just keep getting better so yeah I definitely recommend it to people.
1: That's the problem with my and Connor knows as well. Like, there's no repercussion for not going to a lesson or not like, like schedule, is there?
3: Yeah, mm. I, yeah. I mean, I try and not slay because good friends with rigs. still. Like, but yeah, you are know, right, right? like, I'll
1: tell Rick straight to his yeah. face. He knows. Like, no, it's not
3: strict enough. Yeah, you're not in the gym at the crack of dawn like them guys over there. And I suppose like the weather plays a massive part instead of like waking up and being impressed and. That nine hours water waterlogged. like <laughs> I suppose it helps being in Miami and the beaches like down the yeah. road and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah you are I, right. Like there is a bit more of a I suppose that's us as a whole, isn't it? A bit lackadaisical, whereas over there, like they're like finely tuned teams, even like the the and the yeah, American
2: Fist. The thing is, this the sport in the college system out there is incredible. It's yeah. like you can't, you couldn't, can't quite believe it. Like you go into our basketball arena, it's like you look at it and it's like it's like a Premier League stadium. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like unheard of. And these are kids. And yeah. eight, do you know, they're literally kids who are studying. They're not getting paid. Uh, and they go absolutely mad for it over there. So whereas over here, like you say, football, rugby, a few of the team sports, there's like academies. But it's just different out there like they do. And that's why we're so behind in yeah. so many ways. I just think, like you say, you go out there as well and you've got, um, you get used to going low to win and having like on tough courses. Whereas over here, the international stuff, a lot of it is, a lot of it's on Lynx golf where actually when you're a pro, you don't really play it. And every time it's just like, they try and make it as hard as they can and it just punishes you. And all, all of a sudden the shooting level par is grinding your bollocks off. Is really good to win, but actually as a pro par's, aren't good enough they're not going to cut it so you've got to be able to make putts for birdies and actually have it in you that you can you get to 500 it's like no I want to get to 6 I want to get to 7 I want to get to 8 and um, that's I feel like what it teaches you out there
0: One of the previous episodes we've done we spoke to a couple of lads who have played in that England setup, like Sean Tandro, Paul Kinnear players like that they've um They've said it's it's such a difference from the amateur game where you're playing all this links golf and, like you say, shooting level pars, good enough to win a tournament. And then when you go to these professional events, you're not used to playing that style of shooting yeah. seven, eight, nine under. So it takes you a year or two to kick in. Is that one of the reasons well, why you think as soon as you've turned pro, you've kicked on and done so well in your first couple of seasons?
2: 100 If I didn't go to the States, I'd, I'd be working behind a desk now. Yeah, no, I mean, you just that, yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. But I realized that at a young age, that that's. What I needed to do, because yeah. I wasn't on an England setup. I wasn't there. I wasn't one of them who was getting everything given to them as a junior. Where it's like, and I actually know. Again, I'm not knocking the setup because if you're good enough, you're good enough. That's great. I mean, if I was, if I would have got picked, I would have done it. Um, but I know lads who are good enough, but they they get used to kind of being around their mates so much, and the England got, and they're all together traveling around to amateur tournaments and And then when everyone turned pro it's not like that like you're on your own and they don't know quite how to probably deal with it and actually it's low it is lonely it's not what everyone thinks it is yes it's amazing but when like shit hits the fan and you're probably struggling or you missed a couple of cuts like you haven't got all your people to kind of rely on kind of thing it's um so there is pros and cons of it but um that's why, that's why you hear the fairy tale stories and the horror stories, I guess. But, um, yeah, I just enjoyed being out there. I learned a lot. I learned, but before I went, for example, like my, my parents did everything for me in terms of washing, cooking, just everything. Could, whereas it was like, actually, you're 18, Like, get on a flight to the other side of the world and go and live out there and we'll see you in six months kind of thing. And It was just go and learn to grow up, basically, and that's what it did even actually a little another one like my my fiance now i was i was going out with her at the time when i was like 15 and we were together for three years and we split up because i was going to america it was like that was a sacrifice and it was we both decided on it and um weren't together for five years and now we're engaged and it's like we knew well we always stayed close but it was like you realize actually if you want success there is so many sacrifices you have to make along the way and that was like I say, and it's worked out good now. But um you just when you look back and like you say, times like this, you can reflect on so you actually think like, I I have made a lot of sacrifices and a lot of my mates who I'm still mates with obviously, but they've kind of chose to when they were 17, 18, 19, going out all the time, stuff like that. And that's absolutely fine. But I know that I've kind of have always had my head screwed on, which um is probably the reason I've had some success. And quite a quick rise since turning pro, to be fair. Yeah. So,
0: on your relationship, then for you two, obviously, we, we know how you have met and stuff. How, how do you find, it? obviously, from a Cadian perspective, Con, was that something that you just got into by chance, or did you always think, I want to stay in the golf industry? That's what I want to do.
3: Yeah. I mean, did definitely want to stay in the golf industry. Probably was, had my kind of head set on going down a bit of a, I don't know, maybe like a secretary managerial role at a local golf club and <laughs> just that <thought>, really. <laughs> I don't Ma- out, mate, mate, <laughs> you wouldn't
2: last five minutes as a secretary at a golf. but I'm not having that. But yeah, hey, you f- can't even understand you. Nah,
3: come on. There's, there's four bad accents on this at the minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to be, yeah, definitely. <laughs> number
3: yeah, four. But the Arnold Palmer Cup, to be fair, was my kind of eye opener to it. Yeah. Um, Basically, it went on at Formby. I read up what it was, kind of thing. Didn't really know uh, fully what it was. Uh, they said we need some caddies for it. Is anyone interested? And a lot of my mates were like, "No, nah, no." Nah. Like, oh, what do you want to do that for? And I was like, "I'll have a go." Like, you don't know. Like, I had a look at the list who'd done it, who'd played in it. Like, your DJs, John Ram. Like, the list was like, look, look at the world's top ten. The probably the vast majority of it have played in this. So it was kind of like, well, I don't know. One of these could be mega in a few years. time. didn't think I'd like end up carrying for someone. Just thought like, what an experience that might be to
1: yeah.
3: say over a pint in a few years or
2: whatever. Like, but um, And I can 100% say that if he on his carrying CV hadn't put that he didn't carry in the Palmer Cup because the Palmer Cup was my biggest amateur highlight, there's no way I would have probably when I met him kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I'm a big believer everything happens for a reason, but you know, like it's just... Um, yeah. Turned so out to be a good decision. Yeah. I
3: thought, to be fair, like I was off two at the time, maybe like sixteen, going doing it. I thought, like, ah, uh, oh, I'm like the dog's balls that this, me, like, like a golf, <laughs> like makes. Like, then you go over there and like, there's a lad two, three years older and you who's playing off like plus six in America and he's carrying it three hundred odd yards and if you played for me, yeah, yeah, played
0: for yeah. Him, yeah.
3: And, like dwarfing it to pitch and putt, and you're like. Yeah, I'm probably not like anyone here good enough. <laughs> so that was a good eye opener for me, to be fair, as well. Like, so I didn't get trapped down the route of, yeah, you cannot, you have to be a four to turn pro, like you crack on, like yeah, yeah. Nah, nah that was a, that was my eye opener, to be fair. But it was a great experience, and pay hey, dividends for
0: you, mate. Definitely, yeah.
1: You've got to you've got to take your chances, haven't you? Like, you, like you say, everything happens for a reason. It's just a perfect story and the partnership now that you've got. Like, looks like it's 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 working. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. 100 percent and like you say it hasn't we've we've both made mistakes along the way but what i can honestly say and i'm sure con can is we have both continued to get better and our relationship continues to get better and like he'd probably say now but we're we're like best mates as well it's like there's more we literally speak every day about shit like as well do you know what i mean but it's i feel i'd hate to be I mean 90% of players, are, I mean 90, most of them I know, they have a very like business relationship with their caddy, like a lot of them do and it's very like and I just couldn't imagine being like that because you go through you go through so much out there like you say when you when it is against you like you feel, sometimes you feel like jumping off a cliff. Yeah. while like, you just and it's like you just need that you know what I mean, whereas if you've got a mate there as well as someone who's bringing the best out of you yeah, it's just, I just I just couldn't imagine having like, uh, there's guys who have different caddies every week and it's like, what about when things are going bad? Like, they've got to know you to kind of know what to say and know when not to say anything and stuff like that. not if, if there? Hasn't
0: there? That's, that's of one. course.
2: And that for me is um, one of the biggest things. So yeah, like I said, I'm happy with how it's gone so it's, far. Didn't that grow,
3: to be fair? Like, that was probably the one at the beginning where I was like, mate, why is this guy like going to trust my opinion on golf that was probably yeah. the hardest hardest bit at first like what like why is he going to listen to me but then as but you that, grow, yeah you, you figure out how he wants to how he plays golf and i'd back myself to know his golf game as much as i as much as he knows it now because i've got he knows it better
2: say,
3: <laughs> you've
0: got to know it haven't you yeah
2: and at the start i did probably know that he would get stuff wrong and so on but i wanted I wanted us to kind of, and we have, we've gone through failures and I wanted us to kind of, like you say, at the start of the career, it's like, well, you, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows straight away. Like it's, you've mm. got to kind of go through that. So that was always my mindset kind of when I turned, when I kind of said, right, I want to crack on and find someone. And like you say, you look at Tommy and Finna now and there's no, there's no other partnership out there like that now. Mm. Like they just look like they're absolutely having the time of their lives and like you said why shouldn't they be I mean he's top 15 in the world he's playing travelling all over the world together they're earning millions it's like they're doing what they love yeah. do you know what I mean and
1: yeah. well, talk us through that then when it all starts any howlers oh, oh yeah <laughs> I'll,
3: let, I'll let Rich say these so I think I'll probably try and sugarcoat
2: him a little bit too much <laughs> do you know what do you know what um, this isn't when we this is my favourite story favourite caddying story and actually, at the time, it wasn't, but now it is. <laughs> so, it, it wasn't. It, we, he had cut with me for a year on Europro. I can't remember really any on Europro, to be fair. Maybe would, there was, one, was, but I can't. There was one, but
3: I remember one, but you kind of like. got all right. You said Europro.
1: No, you we said was, the Europro.
3: I think it was Harleyford, and we was on like a par five, and we're in like this kind of bushy tree area on the right. And uh, <laughs> there was like a gap. Because we was like miles out and you'd have to pin it under these like bushes. And I was like, I I kind of seen like, I was looking at it thinking like, yeah, yeah, you'd score one up there. Like, you'd easily get it up near the green. And like, I'm looking at this gap and you turn to me and go, that was nearly the worst choice you've ever made. <laughs> <I> was, like, <laughs> was, like, yeah, yeah, probably better off just chipping it
2: out. <laughs> but it was close. <laughs> so, right, we're in South Africa started last year and we've had an amazing year and Europe the year before. Like, I, I I only won once, but I probably should have won a couple more. I think I had four seconds and a few top fives and I just had a really, really good year. Then that did really well on my challenge store starts as well. So it was like missed card at Q school, whatever. But looking forward to having an actual proper run at Challenge Store. So it start of last year, just gone, before COVID. Three events in SA. Anyway, first all, First time <laughs> there's three events, big, big money events. First time ever playing in SA. And the first week is at altitude. So what was it, fifteen percent con? Yeah, the first week, Joerg right, goes That's where you want to do yardages sort of good. Yeah, but yeah, the ball was going miles. So anyway, I've ripped what the first hole, Creek, it's a par five, and it kind of little dogleg right. There's trees kind of where your drive, where your drive goes, and you kind of got to miss them. Second shot's over water, and I have I've ripped a drive first shot. It must, have, it must have just caught the edge of the tree, though. It's quite a tight – it's not a tight hole, but it's tight, the gap. You've got to go through at whatever distance. Anyway, so it's dropped down. I'm under, under the tree, bit back of it, in the rough. And South African rough, it's not like our rough. It is – it's like – Really green. rooted?
0: Yeah, strange. you've not
2: – it's weird. Like, you don't really know how it's going to come out. I think I had 230 under this tree, but behind it. Out the rough over water, but the, the water literally went five yards through in, so I had to carry it 220 out the rough under and up over the tree. Yeah, and Con's like, You've got any? Oh, and it's the first hole of the tournament, first hole of the season, <laughs> first hole of the season. And because I've ripped up, and he's thinking, You've got this, and I'm like, Con, like, I need to chip out. I, 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 I chip out, it's the first hole, just take my medicine. And I'll make five. I might make four. i make five at worst. We'll kick on like There's no damage. And he's like, he's looking at he said, I think you've got it. I think you've got this shot. Like, you, the lie's not that bad. And he's got it in my head that I'm fucking world number one now. <laughs> anyway, I have ripped this fiver And it has just, like, gone straight into the tree. Dropped down in the water. And honestly, I have le- I could have knocked him out. I almost sacked him on the spot. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I'm like, Connor, what are you doing? Like I, I know I'm the one who hits the shot. And I will always, not always, but most of the time say, yeah, I get that. But I wanted to chip out. And he got it in my head that I was world number one. And we could pull the shot. Anyway, he was lucky that I dropped and got up and down for par. Otherwise, he was gone.
3: So, <laughs> yeah, We spent... Since Q school, it must have been three, four months, Rich, and I've just been like so buzzing to get to South Africa. So yeah. buzzing, getting so buzzing. <laughs> get the first on. I'm like, Come on, like, we've got to eagle it, we got
2: to eagle it from under the tree out the rough. And I'm like, Over water, and I'm just like, flipping I reckon like, since like, then, no, like, like, there was there was drafts geez. over there laughing at
3: us. <laughs> <laughs> like, I reckon I'm more the conservative one now, purely from that. Was just like. I think the shoe's completely again. like if someone wants to go at a flag like it's rich now, I'll the forever repeated in my head is like stood under that
2: tree going, Yeah, you've got this. Yeah, no drama. <laughs> it was <laughs> what are you doing, so... like No, that that's that's the that's the best one. Yeah, just that's... the whole circumstance of it was just priceless. Quality. Well, so oh and we did we missed all three cuts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is this your your first full year on um, Challenge Tour so that's 2019 was it
2: no so 2019 was first year with Con on EuroPro and then I played because I I did really well on halfway through the year I got some Challenge Tour invites and then did really well in them so got my Challenge Tour card from seven starts on Challenge Tour as well as EuroPro so it was um, this was last season so first year first proper year on Challenge Tour yeah, amazing. Um, talk,
0: talk us through how that season meant then, because this is this is yeah, obviously we know what, what's happened and where, where you are now, but how did that whole season go? Because that was interrupted with the whole COVID situation, wasn't
2: it? Yeah. So obviously started out in South Africa, three events. Um awful. I was I was I was in a really, really bad place. Um I'd changed coach a couple of months before. Um was the wrong decision because I was actually playing really well when I changed coach, I was just having a bad week and I needed, and anyway, I went and saw someone else and um, my golf game just steadily got worse, basically. And I just lost control of what I was doing. Um, But I'm glad I made that mistake early on in my career kind of, and I'm actually back with my old coach now. Uh, I went back to him. I went back to him. Was it the second week of that? Second week of South Africa basically, I sacked my, coach i was i'd been with for four three or four months over the winter hadn't played any events under this new coach um and he kind of helped me a little bit out there and gradually out there it got better but i was i was in a bad way and then mentally i was gone because i was really struggling i knew my game wasn't there and me and connor were flipping having fallouts on the course and i was just not in a good place so I was quite lucky. I was quite actually glad that we then had a little bit of time off uh, between Challenger was going to get going. And then obviously COVID happened and the season just evaporated. And I that was couldn't have been better timing for me really because I had stuff to work on, um, my mental state to get back to where I was and then technically as well because um, the stuff I was doing, my, my new coach, but old coach. Um, so then first event was in Austria. And it was the Austrian Open, which was a co-sanctioned event. Was it? Was it July?
3: June? Yeah, July? July, July, July yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and we had two weeks in Austria, both co-sanctioned event with the European Tour. So really good opportunities for guys who were unchallenged. So tour because obviously a win. All of a sudden you've got a win on the European Tour and you've got your card and yeah. you've got Rolex series and it's like life-changing kind of thing. So um, good money events. And first week in Austria, played well and I felt like my game was coming back and Hit it really well. I was really happy with that. Didn't putt very well, and I made I made about four bad golf swings in thirty six holes, and missed the cut by two. Was it? Yeah. I missed the bad, a cut by the bad two.
3: Swings were just blown up. Yeah,
2: the bad swings were like ended up in a couple of doubles and a triple kind of thing. But actually, if I didn't make them, I would have been well inside, ready for a good weekend. So it was like actually, like I was happy with that. Whereas in South Africa, I wasn't, I wasn't close. Like, I was nowhere near my game. Um, so I, I kind of knew that I was on the right track and something good was going to happen. So we we knew what it was going into the second week, what we needed to tidy up, put better, and we were going to be right there. All of a sudden, I shot 67, 66, 64, and I'm in the final group of my second event on tour. And it's like, that's a bit more like it like it was just it hadn't been there all all year and obviously I'd only played four events but um and then the last day horrendous conditions um big learning curve um told the story many times and people asked me but um had one little moment on the 15th hole that potentially cost me the tournament but I mean shit happens doesn't it like I mean yeah. I'm not really worried about it now but um yeah, that was, and then played pretty solid stuff the rest of the year. Unfortunately, we got told on Challenge Store we couldn't um, we couldn't have caddies the rest of the year, only at the grand final, so Khan only worked for me, I think, one more event in a co- another co-sanctioned event yeah. in Portugal, uh, but didn't miss a cut the rest of the year, and that was weird for me, kind of being on my own, because I was used to being with Khan and a caddy, so... Whereas guys on challenge Store, some of them are on their own all the time. So it's kinda of like it's not an excuse, but you just kinda of get used to it. So yeah, had a good played pretty well the rest of the year. Um, didn't win but had another second and managed to kind of finish top five and Brilliant. kick on for this year now. So
0: just talk us talk us through what, what happens, then obviously you, you know you're going into the on that on that Saturday night, you know you're going into the final group on a Sunday, the first time you've been in that. What's that relationship like between you? Do you just bounce off each <laughs> other <Australia> or <laughs> There's
3: a good story here about the uh, the Austrian guy whose uh, Airbnb we were staying in. Go on, we I'll let you there. tell it. We were staying in like a little. This second event in Austria is like in the middle of like a forest. Like, if you're a nature person, like, it's unreal. But for me, like, there's no McDonald's close. Like, I don't know where I am. Like, it, it, we were like in this <laughs> strange little town, weren't we, to be fair? We're yeah. Staying it was in, hard. like an annex of this guy's house. It was sound
2: on it, like it was got cracked. It was it was the scariest accommodation I've ever been in. <laughs> do, oh, do you remember? Do you remember the ledge on the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> you know them toilets that have like ledges on. Well, it had one of them, so we won't tell anymore. more. But literally, mate, this this place where, like the, the family were lovely, but it the had a room, room. It had a breakfast room full of like the whole wall was full of like stags on the wall. Uh-huh. and like it was just and like like stuffed animals everywhere and it was just it was it was odd but it we were there that. and I, uh, my man my manager found it there was nowhere uh, to yeah, say, really God. like <laughs> no but but it was just so do you know what it probably helped us play because well we were so out of the way I think I needed that kind of back down to reality and actually like do you know what like we're nowhere near where we want to be like you've kind of got to have those experiences and memories and that's like you say, saying 10 years time we'll be grateful for that but one of the biggest things for me that week was um it was before the first round and Connor will remember it when I say it but literally we were just chatting and obviously I'm like I'm feeling better but Connor um we just got up and um he started talking about the Palmer Cup and I think we were watching a PGA Tour event at the time and Colin was on the was on the TV, one on tour. Someone else was there. There was like three guys, three or four guys, who Victor Hovland, who were on my Palmer Cup. Um, careers were flying kind of thing. And he just, he literally just said to me, like, you were on this team with them just a couple of years ago, like, and now you feel like you've lost your game, all of this, like, you you haven't. You're a lot closer to these guys than you think, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And I, and um, you just kind of just need to have that belief again and realisation that actually like we we're playing events and so on. And it was just a big reminder of me, actually, not in a bragging way or ego way, but how good I am. It was like when I was, I'm, I'm a really confident guy and so on, and my confidence had been knocked. And it was kind of like, that's the first time that had ever happened to me. So it was new. It was a new experience. And I just kind of needed that confidence back. And all of it, and this was the night before the first event. And it couldn't have come at a better time. It was just like we were watching the PGA Tour and like you say, I'm watching the guys who, who I played against. And I'm like, I want to be there. Like I can be there. I can be there now, but I'm not. And that's always been my biggest problem is wanting stuff now instead of actually, like you say, process stuff, all of that. And it just, it just really helped. It really, really helped. And I kind of just changed my mindset of actually like, let's just go and take care of what you can control and actually go and enjoy it again. And actually, like you say, and all and I and I could have won the golf tournament and I didn't. And I finished solo second. It was my best event and second event on tour and second place finished. Like not many people can say they've done that kind of thing again. So actually it's a lot to be proud of, especially how the year had gone before that. Uh and that was just a massive boost for me again, that I was I'd been doing the right stuff and I made the right decisions before, going back to Mel coach and working on the right stuff. But actually, the guy i've got on the bag is like you say he said something at the right time the night before and actually we spoke about had like a deep conversation and and then i ended up we we i think we on youtube got the palmer cup highlights off Do you know what i mean just to kind of bring back memories and stuff and like
0: yeah
2: actually like gee, that wasn't that long ago and um yeah had a great week and um I haven't really looked back since, to be honest. So,
0: Like the saying, isn't it? Um, forms temporary, classes payment. You know, you've got those abilities there. It's just bringing them out, isn't it? And that's what...
2: Yeah, and it's it's understanding, like you say, and that's where, for me, having a good caddy is so important because they know, they know when to say stuff. They know when to not say stuff. And like you say, it's when to bring out the best in someone
0: yeah. and
2: how to bring out the best in someone. And I, obviously, the best wasn't being bought out of me, as simple as that. Um <laughs> Yes, there was a couple of things that needed changing and technical stuff and so on, but you're never that far away. And like I say, it was just like, it was like a light, little. I call them light bulb moments, but yeah. it was like a light bulb moment and um, it was pretty cool mm-hmm. looking back.
1: It seems that your mindset seems so good, the way you keep owning up to all your mistakes and just every little moment that's happened, you're like, that happened for a reason or this happened to trigger that or I had to go to that place to get to this place. Um, are you working with anyone psychologically, like psychology-wise, or are you, is
2: that just your overall... No I, no, I do, but I have also... I'm quite interested in it as well, and sports performance, all of that. But, yeah, I've got a great psych, um, my team, and um, me and Con have recently done some stuff with him. A lot of time goes into that. I mean, if you think about it, you spend four or five hours out there and you, you spend three minutes hitting the ball. Like what what are you doing the rest of the time? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. people don't people overlook that part of the game and it is so important. And obviously you've got to have the ability. But I look at last year a lot of I I do really well when my back's against the wall and I've kind of got to do something. I, Connor always tells me like when you've got to do something, you always tend to do it. Um look at look at two years ago, for example, Con at um at Galgorm, my first my first start on challenge tour and I'll let con tell the story of like the set the first and the second round and how it happened but that for me is one of the most important rounds of golf I've ever played uh as a pro and it was it was arguably my worst score as a pro one-off yeah it's I, mean, I I'll let con tell the story but
1: yeah. um they,
3: basically you play two courses before the court you play at the course called a and we drew Mazarin first round. We was out pretty late and he had a, a tear up, to be fair. Played great, shot five under, I think, second. Was, I was in
2: second, going into the second round. Going into round, the yeah.
3: second round. Then we was playing at Galgon, so we played late Thursday, so we was out early Friday. It was pretty windy. Uh, it wasn't overly difficult, to be fair, was it? Like, But just struggled. We I didn't really know what was going on. Anything. <laughs> like, if it was into wind, it seemed to be like, we was accounting for however strong we thought the wind was and it just flushed through it. The next minute it comes short and we're like questioning each other now, thinking like, what are we doing? But we did a shot, say from like 190 yards into wind, it hitting maybe like one club more and it's flushing through the wind. We're like, well, we can't hit the club it's supposed to be because it's into wind. Like mm-hmm. what what's going on? Uh, and it, it was a struggle, like it was a real battle and it was eight over after 15 holes and we're like, we've gone from five on the second to now we're at plus three and we're, we're out of the cut here by, by what we thought was three. Like, we're out of the cut by three. Like, this is madness. I've got one of my friends uh around there who's, who's actually from around that area coming and watching. My dad even got the ferry over uh after it shot five hundred, not thinking like, oh, he's going to win now because he shot five hundred. but, oh, they're in for a great week here. Like, we'll come over for the crack. My dad loves watching it watching the golf and stuff. And he got the ferry over from Birkenhead to Belfast and come watch it. And I'm like, uh, well, to be fair, like it might just be for one round of golf here. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And Rich turns to me on 16 and says like, I don't know what's going on. Like, and it it has been brutal to be fair. Like, and that was probably my hardest little stint on the uh, other than South Africa was, was brutal trying to convince somebody like, and trying to get in someone's mind. Like like that 15 holes was like brutal. You know, as yeah. much as yourself, when you're playing, when you're playing bad, it's, it's a horrible, mm-hmm. horrible place. But when you're in that kind of first challenge, style, start leading, flying, like it, it's a, it's a strange environment. And Rich turns and says that on 16, like, what's going on? I said, and I just put it bluntly. I said, like, I, I ain't bothered. What's just going on? You have to go birdie, birdie, birdie. That isn't something that's megaly advised in the world of golf to sit and say, like, you've got to make a birdie. You've got to do this. You've got. Like that's not what you think you want to be so like control your own controllables. You want to just try and hit the furway with the first shot, then we'll try and hit it wherever we want to hit it. Like that end product of making a birdie is not something you want to say to a pro. That isn't Caddy in 101 book. But the way I know Rich and the way he is as a character, it's like, well, how am I going to get someone out of it here? Is to sit and literally say, like, you've got to go birdie birdie birdie. And 16, he, he hits it like stone dead, taps in birdie. 17, it's it's stone dead, taps in birdie. And 18's a par five, and it's shot like it's tight. It is, and either side is just like lost ball. It's not a case of like you're on another roll, or it's a bit of trees. Like you hit it wider than this 10-yard rough outside the fairway, like it's gone, you're not finding it. And he gets on the team, he's like, Send it, Con. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, What, what do you mean? Send it. Like, I'm thinking, like, just hit a little chippy one down there, we can still get up. <laughs> And he's he's wanted to give it like the Bryson on the tee, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I know him, and it's like, don't tell him no. Like like he can do it. Yes. So I'm like, like that again on the first hole at Coral Creek. I'm like, yeah, go on, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he steps up like, and Dad's walking down his home with me, and they're all. Like, he's kind of a group ahead, so he's seen the guys it beforehand, and he's stood like here, and he flew this, and he's so far down there. Like, and you, you talk to the guys after the round and when you're having your dinner in the players and whatever, everyone's talking about, like, oh, that was playing long, blah, 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 hitting, like, three-wood in. Like, oh, could you get up on the last? We're in six ironing. Like, is it this thing that far down there? Like, that. and he hits it to like seven feet, maybe, eight feet? Yeah. Like, and now we're like, oh, my God, what has just gone on in this last, <laughs> like, half an hour? Anyway, like, anti-climax, he missed the eagle putt, like, but it was birdie. And, <laughs> and it and was the and three and birdies we was after, like, half an hour ago on that 16th tee where we was down in the dumps and he ends up coming 10th and it gets us in the next tournament where he comes 5th through through getting the top 10. And that really was, that three holes was like, wow, you've just turned like a really, like that could have been horrendous. Like he doesn't go birdie, birdie, birdie there and makes the cut. What, what's that going to do to you? Shooting eight over after you've shot five under, that's going to fry you that. You go back to your pro. You're like, I can't compete on this level. But like, whatever that can do with your head is just carnage. And to actually be in that predicament and actually come out of it rosy and in all fairness, they ain't ain't the easiest three-holes stretch, especially the way you've played for 15-holes to to just
2: tear up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to do that... No, and
2: the whole thing of it was like you say, I was eight over and I was outside and made the cut on the number, had a really good weekend, finished top 10. You have to finish top 10 to get into the next week if you're not already in. And I had to do that. Uh, Next week uh, in Belgium shot 66 65 64 and i'm in the final group
0: yeah.
2: finished fifth got into the next week and like i say all of a sudden i was i was playing seven events uh because i was finishing top 10 to get into the next week and if i didn't go birdie 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 when i was eight over i wouldn't have got in that second week to wow. carry on yeah. and so- then and then i ended up finishing 64th on the rankings which got me a better category than. Finishing top five and EuroPro, which was the whole reason I wanted to play Challenge Tour. So, like I say, if I didn't finish birdie, birdie, birdie when I was eight over, that wouldn't have happened. If mm-hmm. I didn't have that better category from doing that, yeah, I lot. wouldn't. I wouldn't have got in the Austrian events, and I wouldn't have finished second on tour. Unbelievable. That. So, so that, I, I always, I always look back to them three holes when I was eight over par, and mm-hmm. it was just like for me going forward, that summit I can always look back to and actually think when shit was hitting the fan and you were really down in the dumps actually i could pull it out and kind of yeah figure it out and that's what you say there when your back's against the wall isn't it exactly and that's like say it's just another little story and yeah i mean that's something we talk about and like it it actually gets me like
3: yeah you can use
2: motivation i'm so excited to play again and it's just like like you do you just i mean we all do we miss it don't we but um yeah, there's so many little things I just feel that have happened. Uh there was another one in Italy last year where I was playing with Manacero and I was horrendous for the front night. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was four, I think I was four out five out four or five outside the cut with nine to play. And I shot five under the bat nine to make the cut. And it got unfortunately it got cut to three rounds and I shot seven under the final round. And wow. two. So my last twenty seven holes, I shot twelve under to finish top 15 so i was miles away but that could have been the difference if i miss the cut if i don't shoot five under on that back nine i don't potentially finish top five this year in the rankings and get my card it's not always about winning and when you like it's just you've got to have that in you to just not give up and that's probably i'd say my biggest strength like i won't really go down without a fight to be honest you have to like fucking break my legs (laughs) we can
1: say Connors <laughs> pay this <laughs> South African debt then with that, Exactly,
2: exactly. And like you say, I mean, he's made some unbelievable calls. I mean, there's one in Austria, like the, the thing you said to me going down, was it 15 after we made Bogey the final round when it was brutal? 14. 14. And, um, I've just made bogey and I'm obviously gutted because I'm trying to win. Uh, all I'm thinking about is trying to win and we're with that, I think I was leading or tied for the lead or one yeah. off the lead or whatever. Tied, I was tied for the lead the and I time. made bogey, the bogey.
3: would have dropped you one back.
2: And he just said to me like we've got he literally got in my ear like not screaming in my ear but like come on you've got 5 holes or 4 holes left or whatever. Just show me what you can do. And stiffed a wedge after the bogey birded the next hole and it was like you just said something at the right time. And the next hole, like I said, part five.
3: That's learning how somebody acts, isn't it? That's not, you don't just like, like if I had to say it to one of you boys or whatever, it might not click for you guys. or That might not be the thing that fires you up. Like that's learning. Like, well, well that didn't work at first with Rich. Oh, so don't do that again. Oh, yeah. but that, that might've worked.
0: So it's just time. learning
3: and learning and learning. Yeah. And you've got to time it, but like, it can go wrong,
2: like as well as if you're calling <laughs> yeah, And that's that's where you have to kind of go into it with an open mind and think about the, like you say, there is so many. Like it's not just sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be decisions, and you've got to accept that they're going to make mistakes because we all make mistakes. Like you know what I mean, but and he's going to get the win wrong sometimes. But I know that the positives outweigh the negatives. And like you say, for me, having a different caddy every week or just another guy who I don't really know or I'm not close to is uh, that wouldn't work for me personally and for some people it does
0: what well, we just want to talk about Modest Golf obviously what they're doing in the game I know you've signed up with Modest Golf now just talk us through that whole journey and um, obviously what they're trying to do to grow the game
2: yeah so obviously um, I mean Niall owns well yeah co-father, well, the founder of Modest Golf and then obviously Mark Mack who is my my point of contact manager uh, co-founder with him they've just got they've got a different look on it compared to uh, maybe a lot of other management groups when I was signing with them I was talking to a couple others um, who did things differently um, and for me I just liked their whole mindset with it they, they didn't want to go for aim at superstars straight away they wanted to kind of go for some younger guys and actually grow with them and who they saw potential. And then obviously now they have Tyrrell um, since Danny came in, but I just feel like they do things the right way. They've got their own event. They're bringing the ladies in So they've got the mixed events. So it's kind of everything, Every like look at how a lot of people talk about women's sport at the moment. And it's a big factor of things, but like they're, they're doing things the right way in terms of um, how they go about stuff. So obviously with Niall, I mean, people argue that he's the most important person in golf because he absolutely loves the game. What's massive at the moment, people's well social media is one of the biggest things in the world and and he's got millions of followers whereas you look at some of the best players in the world they've got 15,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're not going to attract the audiences that he is. Yeah. So if he puts a post about got for example like he's put stuff about me. Like if he if he puts something about me on his story, I get 800 followers in 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's ridiculous. So in Sounds terms of golf,
0: on story then. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but in terms of in terms of golf and growing the game and stuff yeah. like that, and getting him getting people into it who maybe don't know about. It. Like for example, people might see that oh, Niall does it; it might be cool, so we're going to give it a go. And yes, he has a lot of girls that follow him, obviously one direction. But they're trying to get more people. Talk about getting more girls into golf. So who's, there's no better person to do it. And the fact is that he actually he loves the game. The whole reason he. Wanted to do it was when he was in One Direction. He um he, he grew up loving golf. And uh, obviously, you can imagine what it's like being in that band. Like, you just had no peace, no nothing. Yeah. And his way of having a bit of peace was going to the golf course when he was on tour. Because he knew that not many people would kind of follow him there. And it kind of regained his love for the game again. And then he thought, I can start a management group and help out people help out people because he has so many contacts in the in the in the world as well yeah like i say i mean i just liked how they're doing it and um they're doing that they did the right things they they look at what they're doing with the clutch pro tour they're getting people involved that way so it's giving opportunities and that's what that's all we're all after is just opportunities i i wouldn't be where i am if i didn't have the opportunities that they give me into their their event where i was eight over and finished birdie 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 to make the cut yeah. and it was like that was their event and um like you say I mean there's so many people but if you don't get opportunities you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to take advantage of them so they're just trying to do it that way instead of like you say I mean so many management groups just they promise the world don't deliver and um kind of they want to know you when things are great but when you're not doing so well and things aren't so good they kind of forget about you and well, like you say, when it's good, when it's good, it's brilliant. But when it's not, it can be very lonely and so on. And when you've got maybe a management team who want to know you and post about you when you're doing well because you're probably making them money, and then when you're not doing well, they're, they're not that bothered about you because one of their other players is doing well. It's it's probably not the nicest feeling. So, like I said, modest haven't been like that, and um, that's that was one of the biggest reasons why I chose to be with them. So.
0: Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. So, what's on the what's on the agenda now? Then, obviously, we've got European tour card this year. What you got? What type of it's category? Twenty four. I can never understand the categories. So, just talk. It's
2: a, it's a new category. So, basically, last year with COVID, they they froze everyone's category. So, Challenge Tour, European Tour. So, no one could be worse off this year than they were last year because there was going to be events cancelled. They didn't really know what's going. They got rid of Q School. And because we only had any, I think we had 11 events on Challenge Tour, 11 or 12, 11. And I played 10 because um, of the one I couldn't play because of COVID. But um, they basically got to a point in like, well, we can't not do the top 15 or top 20 like they normally would, where they get a proper car because people aren't coming off. Yeah. But what they can do is basically reward the top five with this new category, which basically means The guys from who got their card at 2019 Q School, as long as they're in the event, or as long as all of them would get into the event, then we're basically the next guys in. If not all of them get in, we can't be in that event, basically. Okay. So, yeah, that's basically the card. And it was as good as I could have got last year. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at 20 events probably this year, I reckon, and going. I've just and I again for me I actually really like how I have it this year because my whole mindset is I've got to go and do something cuz yeah. I need I basically need to go and win to cuz I'm not going to get in the Rolex series stuff the only way I'll get in that is if I win. Yeah. And then I got a winner's category and that that's what always brings the best out of I me mean, that kind of mindset where I have to I have to do it. Um so I'm looking forward to it I am. Uh I know I've kind of proved it there before and I can do it and I haven't I've only I think I've only played three events on that are actual European tour events now. And I, I wanna play more. I know my game's there and I know what I can do. So I'm looking forward to having some chances this year. So
1: when 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 is the first event
2: then? I'm waiting to hear if it's gonna be Qatar uh yeah. in a couple of in a couple of weeks. Uh but if not, I'm definitely in I'm wait, if that if I get in that, it's an invite. But uh I'm definitely well, not definitely, but It'll be Kenya the week after, nice. um, so back to back weeks there. So yeah, basically, we'll once I finish this isolation in five days, we'll we'll go out to Dubai I think just before and have probably five days of work out there and kind of seeing each other again. <laughs> kind of kind of have his speedos on by the pool, get his Sun going, boys. Good lads. Um, but yeah, so that that's that's the plan anyway.
0: Brilliant. Well, look, we wish you both the best of luck this year. Again, appreciate you taking the time to speak to us and and giving them insights some cracking and stories, and the relationship speaks for itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate mindset. it. Thanks
1: for having us. And what was that, mate? I love the mindset as well. The back against the yeah. wall and the everything happens to be a proper yeah. dig into that mindset. So I really wish you well for the future. No, I appreciate it and good luck
2: with everything, boys. No, thank uh, no, Good no, to you meet you. I
0: appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks. A
2: lot. Cheers, boys. Cheers. cheers, boys. cheers yeah. Bye. See you later.